Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Fish Untamed podcast, your home for fly fishing in the backcountry. This is episode 52 with Mel Moss on our recent trip to Wyoming. Just a quick message before we get started. Uh, It is that time of year again when I am getting ready to run the annual Rocky Mountain Flyathlon, which for those of you who aren't familiar um, and didn't listen to episode number one, uh, the Flyathlon is a triathlon style race uh, where the events are running, fishing, and beer drinking. Although beer drinking is not a competitive portion of the event, it's more of a weekend long activity. Um, But the whole purpose of the Flyathlon is to raise money for native trout conservation here in Colorado. So as part of that, uh, I am trying to raise $250 as my portion of the Flyathlon fundraiser. So if any of you have a couple extra dollars that you would be willing to donate to Cutthroat Trout Conservation, um, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, the link to get you there is fishuntamed.com slash flyathlon fundraiser. Or you can just find it in the menu at the top of the homepage of fishuntamed.com. So... Again, none of this money goes to me or the podcast. This is just to raise money for conservation of cutthroat trout. So uh, any amount is appreciated. And if you like the show, this would be a great way for you to show your support. And now on to today's episode. Uh, I haven't been jumping in at the beginning and doing these intros much lately, uh, but I did want to for this episode just because it's a little bit out of the box. Um, This is just my friend Mel Moss and I recapping our recent trip to Wyoming. You may remember Mel from some earlier episodes where she recapped her trip to New Zealand for me. But this episode is extremely informal. Um, We just had some beers together and talked about some of our favorite memories from this past trip. Um, Talked about things that went well, things that didn't, and just had fun hanging out and reminiscing. So if you're here to get some valuable knowledge and insights, this might not be the episode for you. But if you are here to get pumped up for fishing this summer and feel like you're hanging out with a couple friends around the fire, this will be a great episode for you. So without further ado, we can hop over to my conversation with Mel. All right, cheers. Cheers. I don't know if the logical start is the last trip that I took there, the horrible trip, or maybe the beginning of your trip here, because you were there before I was. Well, I think the logical start would be talking about yours because it will segue into the reason why you were kind of hesitant to commit to the trip. Yeah. <laughs> Next okay. With so, me. <laughs> so basic summary of that trip was 
it was it was uh so we've just found out from the dates because you posted that that yes. it was August of 2017 and so I think in my mind August is like low water everywhere like nowhere has runoff right. or anything going on in August so it didn't even occur to me that I should check flows um right and Mike and I had been together a year at that point and it was his first big fishing trip like I'm going to take you to one of my favorite places. You're going to catch giant fish. He probably hadn't even really caught many fish at this point. And I right. talked it up so much. And yeah, you just thought it was like easy. This is an easy way for him to catch giant fish. Yeah, I was like, his mind's going to be blown by this. Yeah. Uh, you don't even have to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy, did I have to work. So, yeah, we went up there. I don't remember how long we were there. Probably three days. It was probably like a long weekend. Yeah. And it was glaringly apparent when we pulled up that things were not as they should be because like really? outside the campsite you go you, outside the campsite you can see those like gravel bars and stuff um, oh yeah coming out of the water and that was just all underwater it was just like a roaring flood coming past the campsite and oh, i was like I well forgot. yeah and i was like i don't remember it well enough to know if this is how it was like and with you i was like i'm pretty sure there were like rocks that went out into the river uh, quite a bit and we were standing on those and there was like a little lagoony area and I was like yeah. maybe I'm just remembering it wrong or the river has changed um I don't even remember if we really spent much time fishing around camp because we couldn't like, we couldn't get into the water it was it was raging so unbelievable much. and you know what I- I'm gonna stop you right there but I for some reason in my mind I'm thinking I forgot that it was so high and that's the reason that it was awful but oh yeah um I was picturing August like it was when I went with the guides and they were saying how July and August is just horrible, just low, super low seaweed everywhere. Every cast you're getting weeds. Oh, um, so it's usually horrible, but for a different reason, right? Like too, way too hot and low, I think is what I mean, they were saying. That makes more sense. Cause I remember, right. I feel like every trip that we've done there apart from that one, like all the ones that you and I have done have been in May or June. And they've all been I good. don't think I've ever, yeah, I, I, cause I've never had a bad experience there and, um, and bad is relative, right? You're out fishing, but whatever. Right. Oh, and for, <laughs> for people who, uh, haven't read the title, uh, this is in Wyoming. Uh, so, yes. so driving up to Wyoming <laughs> from Colorado, um, but yeah, so the water was way too high. We went to the meadow and you know what the meadow looks like. I mean, it looks like a meadow with like a small stream that mm-hmm. meanders through it. And there's some kind of networking sections where the river splits up and braids and things like that. It was just like, again, a raging torrent through uh, the meadow. A lot of the grass was underwater. Um, it was dangerous to cross. Like you had to really, really plan where you were going to cross. Which um, is wild because the meadow that part of the, that stretch of the river is like exactly what you said, meandering, beautiful. You can cross anywhere. Uh, you think you might only be up to your like thighs. Yeah. Like thighs are a deep spot. Shins is more common. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where we spent most of our time. If I remember correctly, I actually feel like I tuned a lot of this trip out in my memory. Like I don't have a lot of memories (laughs) from it. I have very specific, like burned in my mind images of things that happened but if you asked me if we fished the canyon I couldn't tell you I have no idea if we went in the canyon (laughs) Um, I think we did and I'll get to that later but uh so that the meadow is where I fell in and fried everything because I hooked my one and only fish of the trip which I hooked in the butt if I remember correctly like I saw I saw it and I was like it's foul hooked great um and it got caught in the current and just 
it was like dead weight in the current just being dragged downstream and I was up to my chest out in the middle of the, the river and I was kind of getting dragged down with it and then I tripped over a boulder and just like went straight in completely flooded my waders the flask that I got you and I that like matched we got matching flasks that's oh, lost yeah. that oh, was lost no. yeah I can never use mine again I know it's it's the match isn't out there it's invalid <laughs> Oh, no. You should have told me that earlier. (laughs) I thought you knew. Well, the match is out there somewhere. I hope some lucky person found it. Oh, true. I mean, if it was Mm -hmm. closed, maybe it floated. If I had already finished my drink, which seems likely based on how this trip was going, (laughs) it was probably empty. (laughs) Oh, so some... So I forget. um, Did you have anything? What was etched in that again? Was it like a Some quote. Some quote. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. And then yeah, my well, phone was fried and then the fish got off. So that was that was yeah. a, a great overall summary of how that trip went. Um and then I think we went in the canyon only because we were parked in that lot on the rim, you know, where you hike down in. And that's yeah. where I ran over a rock and destroyed my exhaust system oh, on my car. Yes. That was why it was such an expensive trip. It cost me like three thousand dollars <laughs> if you add up all the stuff that I broke and lost. <laughs> to go and false hook a fish yep that was it i think Allie caught like two maybe that and those are the only fish caught on the entire trip so i'm guessing how many we, people did you guys have fishing four total four of you okay four. <laughs> and so i'm not sure if we did go in the canyon um and that's why we were parked there or if we weren't even able to because i'm i'm feeling like if the water was this high there may not have been a safe place to fish in the canyon um right and i don't actually have any memories of being in there so i'm wondering if we pulled up looked over the edge said no, we can't be here. And then I drove over a rock and that was it. (laughs) Hashtag worth it. (laughs) Yep. So in summary, that's why I was hesitant to go back because I was like, this is a traumatic experience. I remember Mike saying something like, I don't know if fishing trips are really my thing. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) Way to go, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) So luckily he was willing to give it a second chance. And actually the texts you sent me because you got there first were mm-hmm. really helpful. It was mm-hmm. really nice because I was afraid you were going to be like, oh, you know, it's just really it's slow great. and awful. Yeah. <laughs> so you te- sent those Mike pictures. And then Mike would have said, turn this truck around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed her the pictures and I was like, look, she says it's good. It's good. Yeah. Oh, uh, so. well, like I said, I've never, um, knock on wood, I have never had a poor experience, but I think it's time of year for sure. And Always check flows, I guess. <laughs> oh, I mean, I checked them before this trip. And the mm-hmm. the hard thing was, uh, and I don't know if maybe this is just my problem and other people don't get struggle with this, but like C- CFS isn't a, like an exact, well, no, it's an exact measurement, but it doesn't tell you anything unless you know the size of the river you're talking about. Exactly. So, so I see a measurement and I'm like, I don't have a concept of whether this is high or low. Like mm-hmm. 300 on one river might be, like almost running dry and 300 Mm -hmm. on another river could be hundred year floods stage. And so I feel like you have to kind of mark down what your river is normally at, or those measurements don't mean much. And so Mm -hmm. I remember when I looked up um, this time, the reason I wanted to know when I was there last time is that I wanted to look up the flows from that trip so I could compare what I'm looking at now to that trip. And I couldn't find the dates because again, I have no photos from that trip because my phone (laughs) fried. So I (laughs) couldn't, I didn't know where I went. I know. Will you do the research after this and let me know. If ah. they still have the data, I, I'll look yeah. it up. I, I want to say that the canyon was at between two and 300 
Okay. Maybe maybe more. And uh, the the average or the like the normal level that we like is seventy five. Right. This time it was seventy two. Okay. Yeah. And I think I remember after that trip, I looked at what it had been back when it was low low previously, and it was like seven in the seventies. So I think they probably monitor that as their like standard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember what the main stretch was. Um, I think it was at like twenty five hundred when we were there before, and I think um, this time it was like five hundred. So, oh man. oh man, it was like multiple times what it was this time. Right. Well, and I called um, the fly shop that we were doing our guide trip through before I went out there this time, and I kind of wanted to get an idea of how certain sections of the river were fishing and. You know, the the lady that helped me out said um, it's fishing well, it's very weightable right now. Um, and I remember looking at a certain section thinking it says it's like almost 2000 CFS. What? So what is it? What is it when it's not weightable in that section? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. And that's uh. just weird because it even within, this is all the same river, different sections of the same river. Right. And it just changes so much based on like what dam it's coming out of. Yep. Um, yep. So exactly. I actually requested, so um, I have a couple apps that show flows for like my local rivers so I can check them. And yeah. I have not yet found an app that does this. And I actually sent in a request to one that said they would work on it. And then I never heard back from them, but I want to be able to put notes in a river. Like if, so most of these apps, you can save your favorite rivers and, and view mm-hmm. the CFS. And I'm like, I want to be able to mark on the app what I liked it at. So if I go fish it and I'm like, that was awesome. I can go to that right. app, open up my river and be like, mark today as a good day. So when I have seen the flows, it says it relative to what I like it at. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. But I, I never heard back from them. So I like that's want this a, app to be made. <laughs> that's a great idea. That's a great idea. I have a, it's like the electronic version of my fly fishing log that I always try to write. Um, do you still do that? And I do. Um, I still need to log a couple from last year. So I'm trying to rack my brain. <laughs> what were they <laughs> hitting on? Asks, I know it asks the flies I was using and the weather condition and who I can remember who I was with. But one thing it doesn't ask, which it, I think is a, would be a helpful section is the river flow. So um, I do that. I have a, an electronic log that I use for myself where I just yeah. I put like what was working and I do look up the weather and the CFS and mark them all down. Uh, and I just look at historic weather to, to remember it. If I, okay. like, I don't do it while I'm there. I just look back sure. AccuWeather. If you uh, type in the nearest town, AccuWeather will tell you oh. what the high and low temperature was every day. And nice. I can usually remember what the like sunny or rainy or whatever. Sure. But. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, I have two trips <laughs> that I need to log from last year before I write about our Wyoming trip. So they're really stacking up because we're also going fishing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh no four trips uh yeah <laughs> so where were those but, where were those two trips were they like big um, ones so, or are these just like day trips it, it was like one night uh overnights to some of our favorite spots so um one here in north idaho where we camped just for the night and so we fished two days i would assume and then the other one was um montana okay west yellowstone yeah but that one, that one was in November. So I have a little bit better. I mean, this other one was almost a year ago. So <laughs> so I'm sure you remember exactly what size fly you were using. And... Exactly. I know. I, I must have been in the 2020 club. 
<laughs> so why don't you so i wasn't with you for the first uh were you there for two days before we showed up so jared and i ended up pulling in on wednesday evening and you guys came on friday friday okay so we basically had two full days of fishing without you and then we met you back at camp yeah so what i mean i know what you where you guys went but like tell me what happened on those days because i just got like some pictures being like it was good (laughs) okay (laughs) well it should have said it was unbelievably phenomenal exceptional outstanding fishing is what it really should have said (laughs) It probably said something closer like, to that. Get your hopes up too much in case it really. And then they know, opened the dam that down. night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now that I know that that was a big factor for Mike deciding to come, I probably would have made chosen different words. <laughs> uh, but he still came, so that was great. Um, and I believe we decided that we all hadn't, all four of us hadn't hung out at the same time since our wedding so that's been which what, barely counted four years yeah four years so that was super fun um anyways so yeah we got there wednesday night um so kind of a background on why we we set this trip up um, my parents who live in minnesota they went to this uh river in wyoming with me five years ago now um and we went a one weekend before. So it was essentially the same time of year. We, it was me, my parents and a couple other family friends and you actually came. Um, but I think, were you only there for a night? Maybe it was more than a night, but I think I wasn't, I think I left early. I think okay. I probably had to get back for work or something. Cause I remember okay. leaving while everyone else was still there, but I think yep. I probably did a long weekend or at least just a regular weekend. Right. And do you recall, like, what are your memories of the fishing that weekend? Um, I think it was not the best trip we've had, but it was definitely better than that mm-hmm. terrible trip I had. But I think, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times you and I have been there together now. I want to say maybe four. I think that yeah. trip was maybe on the worse end, but that was also a trip where there were like maybe six or seven people there. And I feel... Right. Like the fishing is naturally going to be better when it's just the two of us going wherever we want to go um, versus trying to find areas that can accommodate a larger Mm -hmm. group and kind of, you know, there's a lot more time spent hanging out and talking and things like that. So I'm guessing that the fishing was maybe worse just because of the situation. Right. Well, and I feel like we always try to let the people who have never been there um, take the runs that we know they're going to catch fish in. I don't know. Do you agree with that? (laughs) (laughs) you don't agree in that (laughs) luckily this time there was no shortage of good runs like i remember Mm -hmm. when we were first this is kind of a jumping ahead but we were walking down the canyon the first time it was tough being like well that run looks good you know i've been here before mike hasn't but also like a lot of these runs look kind of the same and i remember I, i caught a fish out of one and i think i caught a couple fish before he landed one and i was getting a little stressed but mm-hmm. once I once he got the hang of it, he was catching fish on a regular enough basis that I no longer was like, oh, you can take this run. I was like, we're all fighting for the same runs now because yep. yeah, like we're on an even playing field at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is my definition of my fishing relationship with Jarrett now, because when I first uh, introduced him to fly fishing, I was like, 
oh yeah, you go fish that run for 10 minutes while I rig up my rod and then I'll, I'll kind of I'll clean up, come and like clean up <laughs> behind. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, heck no, we are both equally trying to get that same spot. Yeah. So he's running ahead and I can never keep up. But anyway, so back to my, um, reason why we, we set this trip up is because, um, my, at least my parents and, and my, memory of that trip five years ago was insane. Like the fishing was incredible. We were, they were at least loud. I knew of the place prior. So I, I was like, yeah, it, it definitely met expectations and what I talked it up to be. And my parents don't really fly fish, um, much beyond being with me. So, you know, it's like when we went to Colorado, they would dabble in it with me. And then um, I said, you guys have to come to this place in Wyoming and fish with me. And so they did. And it just left this incredible mark on their memory of we have to go do this again. Right. And we did a, a float trip that trip as well. And absolutely had a blast. I mean, it was like every, pretty much every other cast you're hooking into one. Um, and the guide would say, put your, you know, put your flies right there and you would, and you'd get a fish. It was just incredible. So my dad said, we have to go back here. It has to be one of our trips that we replan and we definitely want to get guides again for a day for a float. Cause that was just such a blast. And so I was so, and, and it just also blew my parents' mind, you know, we're using size 28 <laughs> flies. Okay. More like size 20, 22, um, and catching these incredible fish. And I remember also, I was looking back on, on pictures from the previous trip and my dad's big trophy fish that trip was a mediocre fish for this trip, which we'll get to. But, um, so that was kind of crazy too, because, um, I, I don't know, I, they must've grown within five years, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was pretty cool. Cause you know, you're we rock hopping last time and, and, or boulder hopping, I should say. And I'm like, dad, you got to let it run, let it run more. And he just loved it. I mean, we probably didn't have to fight this certain fish for 10 minutes, but we did. And we got it in the net and it was awesome. And that was one of many, of course, um, from last trip. But so anyways, uh, family trip kind of every year we try to plan something or I do with my parents as far as, you know, are we going to go camping in Arizona at the, you know, falls, or we've did, we did that one year, um, at Havasu falls, or are we going to do another fishing trip? Um, because, obviously now we live long distance from each other. So we, and, and now they're both retired so they can bring their they have time. camper trailer anywhere. Yeah. So we are trying to decide what to do for this spring, um, last year. And we ended up deciding to come go back to Wyoming and do this fishing trip. Um, and so that is why we, yeah. So that's why we did that. And then I, um, obviously I know you live pretty close within, what is it? Four hours for you? Well, it was. Uh, we lived farther up north, but now it's more like four and a half to five. Oh, okay. Well, so anyway, I thought that would be really fun to invite you guys, invite, you know, Joe and Diane if they wanted to come. And it's kind of one of those spots that a lot of people know and have been to in our crew of fishing people. And so um, more the merrier, whoever wants to come. 
can come and we'll be there. Um, and so, yeah, we got there. So now I'll transition into this trip. Um, we, so my parents, we drove from Idaho, which was, I think, a 12 hour drive or so for us. And then my parents came from Minnesota and they actually went, got to camp, I think on Monday, um, once again, retired, they have all the time. Oh, they got there before you did. I I thought Mm -hmm. you kind of all arrived at this. Like, I assume they met you in Idaho and you all came together or something. Oh, nope. We met there. Um, but they didn't fish before we arrived because we were timing that five day fishing license. What did they do in the meantime? I mean, there's not a ton to do there. And maybe this is a great time to bring up that lady because I want to know if she was already there when they arrived. The lady who was like living at the campsite, was she there the whole time? I think so. I I guess I didn't ask my parents if they noticed her when they first got there, but definitely when we got there. Um, Yeah. So do you want to, do you want to quick mention her? I mean, (laughs) there's not much to mention. I thought she had just arrived when we got there because all of her stuff was outside of the van. And mm-hmm. I thought that she was uh, basically stopping over, needed a place to sleep in her van. So she pulled all her you know, stuff out, whether she was moving or whatever. and To reorganize. To, yeah. 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 And so I thought it was like a kind of a temporary, like I'm pulling all this stuff out of my van. So I have, you know, I can reorganize or I can sleep at night and then fill it back up and keep driving or whatever. But then she was there, still there like four days later. And so now I'm wondering mm-hmm. if she had been there even before you and your parents arrived. Like, I don't, I don't know how long she'd been there. She might have been pushing the 14 day limit. Uh Oh, (laughs) probably not, probably not a big issue with that campsite, but no, (laughs) it's not, it's not crowded. You know, the nomad trend is real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, they, I think my parents just kind of hiked around. Um, they went to a little state park or something around there and, they're pretty low key. They just kind of tinkered around camp and they have their with dog, the dog too. So yeah. Um, their geriatric dog. <laughs> she was <laughs> Who, lively for 12. Yes. Um, I actually recently learned she's almost going to turn 11. So I definitely lied to you about her age, but <laughs> she's still a senior. <laughs> she's still lively um, for 10. Yeah. Almost 11. So we got there. Um, what did we do that night? I think we just, of course, caught up and cracked some beers, um, had a fire. And I believe that's the night that we saw the extraordinary the in the sky, <laughs> the UFOs. Um, so it is crazy in Wyoming. I Did you notice the trend of how it gets windier at night as it gets dark? Whereas most places it calms down in the evening. Yes. Although sometimes that happens in Colorado here too. Like I, it's very rarely windy in the morning when I wake up, but it often starts to pick up in the afternoon. But I do feel like Wyoming was more specifically night where it would be yes. fine during the day. Although it's, I mean, it's always windy during the day there too. I mean, it's, it's rare to get it's a calm It's so unpredictable. Time. But I feel like we, for some reason, every single day we were there, the wind picked up at night and... So anyway, it was, and it was really cold this first night. So we all kind of were just like, we're, we were tired from driving and um, we were about to go huddle up in the camper because yeah, we were just cold and it was super windy. And all of a sudden my dad goes, what is that? <laughs> and we all looked up in the sky and I saw this perfect line of what looked like stars um, kind of 
on the horizon vertically. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's a new constellation. That's <laughs> oh <God. laughs> way too it's way too perfect. It okay. In my defense, it wasn't moving at first. And then we Oh, kept okay. Watching you it. just saw the straight line. Correct. So yeah. you just thought it was a new constellation of like a, a ruler. <laughs> exactly yeah very 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 straight um and so my mom came out of the camper we all piled out and uh no no one cared that we were freezing cold anymore we were all just like what is going on this is insane and then it did it started moving there was about 10 of them in a row at first and it starts moving and coming right up over our heads and we're like, this is wild. What is happening? Um, did at what, at what point did you think it was aliens? I feel like that had to have <laughs> crossed your mind. I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, and my mom always loves joking about that. I mean, maybe she's not joking, but the Bigfoot thing and the UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, we were all thinking mm, this is quite possibly some extraterrestrial activity. <laughs> <laughs> and then. So we thought, okay, that was crazy. Let's Google it, whatever. And so we were about to go back in. And I think Jarrett then said, oh my gosh, there's more. And I kid you not, they just kept coming. It was like 40 to 50 of them went over, went from the horizon up and over our heads in this perfectly straight line. And we just sat there with our mouths open, jaws dropping. It was nuts. Um, And then that's when, I think maybe that's when we thought, extraterrestrial for sure. (laughs) And so my mom went in and Googled it after they had um, disappeared and found out it was the SpaceX um, Starlink satellite fleet launch. They did one of those that night, which was, um, which was really cool to witness, which we thought it was cool to witness um, the guy that we, I met in the fly shop the next day did not think it was so cool. Did not find it cool. <laughs> His exact words were, I hope I ha- never have to see anything like that again. <laughs> I really want to know what the motivation behind saying that was. Like, was he very into stargazing and he thought this was just tainting the beauty of the natural sky or was he terrified of aliens and he thought it was aliens? <laughs> uh, what, Like, what was his motivation for being so... Anti, anti that line of satellites. <laughs> like, um, you know, I was so thrown off by that comment that I just kind of like smiled and nodded at him. And then I left. Like you almost don't want to know more. Like, yeah. You don't need to keep talking. Well, then you yeah, told us about I, that. And I remember when you told us, I was like, damn, I really wish we had been there because that sounds awesome. And then within probably, what, 15 minutes, Jared's like, there they are again. Yeah. <laughs> they were a lot dimmer that night, though, because you kind of well, had to. It was a little it was still a little bit light out. You right. said the first time and, that it was like pitch black out. And this was yep. probably at what, eight forty five, nine o'clock. So it was like, it was night, but you, there was still a little bit of ambient light in the sky. Mm-hmm. So they weren't, they didn't stand out as much. It was kind of like the first stars in the sky when they start to appear, they're not bright yeah. yet. That kind of look. Yeah. I think um, he noticed them also when they were much further, like directly over our head. Mm-hmm. And so when we saw them in the, kind of closer to the horizon they were super apparent it was just insane it was crazy yeah yeah so then the next day we decided I feel like (laughs) there's a lot of back and forth to with with us as a group my parents and Jarrett and I 
of, and Jarrett has never been there before either. So I didn't realize that. I assumed he had. No, he didn't. From what he told me, he's never even stepped foot in Wyoming. So he was going solely based off of what I knew of the area. And so it was kind of more of a conversation between my parents and I of where should we go fish for our first day of waiting? Because like you said, there's so many different areas to choose from, uh, same rivers, different sections. So, uh, we ended up deciding on the meadow and into the Canyon. Um, I think just for easy, easier access and not quite as far of driving. Um, that's definitely the most pleasant place to fish. Yeah. Like it's, it's low, low effort. Yeah. I have such good memories in that spot. Just every time I think of it, it's just so beautiful. And the, like I said, the fishing has been incredible. I've caught some really nice browns in the meadow as well. Um, mostly rainbows though, in this area that we're chatting about. Um, but so we got there and we started fishing the meadow and I put on the same type of flies that I had, that we'd been really successful with five years ago. Um, I wasn't sure. Cause I really, I have to say, I have never really looked up flows until you had that experience. And then I realized the importance of it. So again, I didn't really have a baseline either of what I was looking for, but just visualizing the area, it looked pretty similar to other times that I had been there when it was really good. I will say though, because we started fishing on a Thursday and it was like combat fishing in the meadow. It was insane. Even if we wanted to fish the meadow, we wouldn't have been able to. So I knew Jarrett was able to run, basically run in his wading boots. I don't know how he does it, but every time I'm walking on a river with him, he's so far ahead of me. I can barely talk to him. Um, And so I'm like, Jarrett, get down there and go get us a spot. And um, of course he was so excited to be there and try out the, this fishing that I'd talked up so much that he was like, done. Okay. And so my parents and I are just getting ready up in the parking lot and he's down there already. So we ended up having to go way down pretty close to the mouth of the Canyon, but most people don't walk down that far um, when they park where we parked. So he ended up fishing a few runs in the meadow and then continuing on. Um, he didn't stay too long in, in any spot. And I couldn't really talk to him and ask him how it was or ask him if he caught anything because we were so far away. So do you remember that spot now that I sent you that picture um, where that big rock slab is that where the river kind of curves before it goes into the mouth of the Canyon. Mm-hmm. So that run is awesome. Um, last year, or not last year, but last time I was there with my parents, it was just like, we would take turns casting into there and pulling out a fish. And so I took them down there cause I saw it was open and we could see, I mean, it's a lot of sight fishing there, as you know, so you can see these huge fish and my parents, I, I basically like rigged up one of their rods and said, okay, mom, here you go. Start fishing. Um, I'll do dads now. And then Yeah, I feel like my mom started fishing and I don't know if I can't remember if I was like, oh, I'm maybe I need to go help her. She hasn't done this in a while. So maybe I need to go like just help her technique a little bit because she wasn't hooking into anything. And I thought, well, that's weird. Usually we should have one by now. (laughs) And no, she was doing everything great. And I said, well, maybe just try to get it out a little tiny bit further. 
or go upstream just a tiny bit, nothing. So then I put both my mom and dad in there and split them up kind of, and neither one of them got anything. So then I get my rod uh, together and I'm like, well, surely I'm going to get something. It's time to clean up the mess here. (laughs) (laughs) And then I see Jarrett waving in the Canyon. Like he, his head pops out around this boulder and I just see him waving me into there. And so I think I, I think I must've ran into there really quick. I had to cross the river as you know, now, Mm -hmm. um, getting into there. And he said, you guys got to come in here. I already have had like four fish on or into the net. And I thought, no way, because the meadow has been sucking. Because the, cle- the cleaning crew isn't <laughs> the doing so crew, well. <laughs> yeah, the cleaning crew can't even get it together. Um, and so I, yeah, I told my my dad, go, to, go with Jarrett. Sounds like he's having pretty good luck in there. I don't know what would have changed between this run and that one, but um, one of us needs to go in there. So my mom and I stayed at this, uh, run for a little longer that we weren't having any luck at, but, um, she was persistent. She actually did hook into a really nice fish. Finally. Um, I think that one got off, but, oh no, we got it in the net and then we were trying to get a photo. And I thought, oh my gosh, this trip might not be what it was last time. So this is a very like important fish to get a photo of because it right. might be one of my you mom's the- only one. <laughs> yeah. You need evidence. Yeah. And I can't remember how it all went down, but I, you know, those fish, right? Like they're so big that how do you even handle it and get it in a good position for a photo the first time? And so most of the time it's, it is almost a three person job. One person needs to hold the net under the fish just in case it happens to flop out of the hands. And then the other person's taking a picture and then the fisherman that caught it is take, is holding it. Um, well, it's just my mom and I, so I thought, um, just put the net right under you, I guess, and just hold the fish up and I'll get the camera ready. And I was so ready with that camera and it flopped out of her hands and got away. And I'm like, no, this could be the only one. (laughs) (laughs) And I know she was pretty bummed out as well. Thankfully Um, it was not the only one. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, so, it's weird how much of a difference there was between the runs uh, up in the meadow and down in the canyon. Because you had told us yes. that, like, just go to the canyon. But when we went, and this is, again, kind of jumping ahead, but you had told us it was going to be combat fishing because it really did sound like you were just getting surrounded by people mm-hmm. left and right. We showed yeah. up and there was no, there was one guy there from Nebraska. Unbelievable. And we we're like, where is everybody? She said it was, gonna, and this was on a Saturday and you I had know. been there on a Thursday and said it was combat fishing. So we were like planning to get up really early and go down there and we got a late start and we're just like, well, I guess we'll just deal with it when we get there. We pulled up and there was only one other car. We're like, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, so, so we did crazy. fish our way down to the canyon and yeah, we didn't catch anything in the meadow. I mean, we didn't we didn't spend a lot of time there. It was like two casts per hole, move down, two casts per yeah. hole, move down, but we didn't catch anything. And then, yeah, as soon as you hit the Canyon, it was like as many fish as you want to pull out of a hole, it'll refill for you as you're yeah. fishing. And I just couldn't believe how distinct that's like, that, what is the yeah. change? Yeah. I don't, I didn't get it either. And, and I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it has much to do with pressure because those fish in the Canyon receive a lot of pressure as well. I wonder if it's just deeper holes. Like the, the meadow doesn't have those really, really deep holes in the canyon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was still catching fish out of, you know, three or four feet of water at times, but mm-hmm. I think those fish at least had access to deeper holes. And I wonder if that 
changed it because the location was barely different. The only thing that I can think of that was different was the fact that they had access to deeper water if they wanted it. And the meadow fish are kind of stuck in their shallower runs. So maybe number number of fish is also a difference from meadow to canyon because of the deeper. Maybe they're stacked up more in there. Just like holds more. Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. the meadow runs can only hold. You know, but I feel like in the past in the meadow – it hasn't felt like there's just one fish in a run. It, you know, when right. we were there up in the the horsefly hole, we would just take yes. turns, like catching a fish, sitting down, letting the other person catch a fish, sitting down, getting eaten alive by horseflies. <laughs> yeah. Why is it called horsefly hole, Katie? <laughs> well, it's not, it's not a secret. <laughs> it's, it's just full of horseflies. <laughs> oh, man. That was that trip in June. It was hot. It was so I hot. I think it was a, probably a June trip. Yeah. Yeah. But I was dying of horsefly bites. <laughs> no horseflies this I thought, trip. No, it was so pleasant and the weather was wonderful, except for the wind at times. But oh yeah. Um, so, anyways, we had a fantastic first day once we all got into the canyon, and I will admit that we fished pretty much the same area the entire day. So that's um, something that I had no idea about until we talked to you after the fact, because in my mind, you guys just like spread out throughout this canyon and just like kept mm-hmm. going in. And so when we went, and I guess maybe since we keep jumping ahead, like, I, you know, you told us, you basically told us what to do. You're like, if you mm-hmm. want great fishing, follow our, our pattern from the first day and you can't go wrong because we caught so many giant fish. So we basically followed your instructions, like got up early, went over there, um, got a spot and then ran to the canyon, didn't really spend too much time in the meadow. Like I said, we took a couple casts, but that was only because no one was really there. No one was there. Yeah. And the one guy who was there was fishing up toward the parking lot from down there. So I was like, we're not competing. You know, we're on opposite sides of the river. He's on his way up. We're on our way down. So we fished our way down a little bit because we had the opportunity to. But as soon as we saw people pulling into the parking lot, we just like booked it down yep. to the canyon because you told us to but so we walked um we we tracked it on our watches we walked a mile into the canyon and this is not like a walk this is a no. full body climbing over boulders um mm-hmm. at times like passing gear passing for rods. one person yep. yep like you can't do it without uh putting your stuff down and so we made it a mile back in and that mile took us about three or four hours and that was i mean that was fishing too but a, a lot right. of it, a lot of it is not fishable. You know, there's mm-hmm. times where you mm-hmm. you can't access the river. You're just walking. Um, yep. We we walked the whole way down to where you could see the trail coming down from the the rim parking oh, lot. Oh yeah, yep. And so we got back and we're like, you're right, that was amazing. Um, like I'm not sure what run you guys because before we went, you were like, oh, Jarrett was was really insistent that you show us a picture of where we should catch fish, and you're like, Jarrett, they know how to read water, like they'll be able to find the fish. And I was thinking yeah. the same thing you were. I was like, we don't, we're going to fish all the holes. I yeah. didn't realize that he was saying, send them a picture of the hole because, because you only fished one Because we up at it the whole day. Yeah. So when I was like, oh, so how far in did you guys go? You're like, literally the first, the first hole. We all just <laughs> sat at it, like catching fish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we took like five casts in that hole and then moved on to the next one. <laughs> which is, which, I mean, granted, you had a larger group, but that was a very, right. that was a very reverse, a reversal of our roles because usually you're the one who's like covering ground. You take a couple casts and you move on. And I'm the person yeah. who's like, I will catch a fish out of this hole if it's the last mm-hmm. thing I do. And mm-hmm. it's often to my detriment that I will like stay at a hole too long while you move and catch fish out of all of them. So this is <laughs> kind of a reversal of our normal I roles. I know, I know. And I definitely think, 
Um, my instincts were trying to basically get the group to move along. Um, and I thought, well, and okay, there's a couple of reasons for that. So I kind of, I did want to continue into the Canyon for there. Cause I thought there's no way this is the only good spot. Like that <laughs> was gotta be something the best spot for a group though. It had that right. like beach beachy area. It could hold all four yeah. of you and with the dog, with the dog, the dog, navigating the dog with a dog. And then just, um, I feel like it, like you said, it takes a long time away from, from fishing by just navigating the Canyon. So the rest of my crew was thinking, why would we leave this spot if we're having such a blast and why we're not going to leave until the fish stop biting and they right. never did. So also, I mean, that that's really the only spot in the Canyon where you could all fish together because mm-hmm. farther down, Mike and I were even struggling I mean, someone would get a fish on and this is, I mean, these are the size of fish where if you get one on, you really want someone there to net it for you. The boulders are so hard to navigate and the fish are so big that like net duty is a full-time job. Yes, Um, it is. (laughs) And it was hard even with two people to be like, oh, we're close enough to net. You know, he'd be like, oh, I have a fish on and I'm just looking down there like, I'm not sure how I'm going to get it back there in time. Um, Right. So with four people, yeah, you kind of need to. Uh, find a, yeah. if, if you find a spot that holds all four people that you can navigate easily, there's no real reason to go farther in where you're just going to get more spread out and it's going to be harder to get from person to person. So I don't blame you at all. But mm-hmm. in my mind, you guys were like climbing on the boulders and like someone was up on the top of the canyon looking down and like I just thought you all spread out and, and were throughout the canyon. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, I want to go back and touch on the net duty thing because did Jarrett do his impression of how chaotic it was for yeah. us both days? Okay. So, and we're not just talking the first day we're talking the two days before you got there. Cause we, um, I'll kind of just say that the second day we decided kind of like our mentality of, we're not going to leave this spot. Um, we're like, why go anywhere else when we had such a blast and we, yeah, we don't get to come here often. So why wouldn't we still go to that spot, which is beautiful has amazing fish is great for all of us to go together. Um, so we ended up going back to the same spot. We did venture into the Canyon a little further that day, but, um, we'll say both of the days were basically at the mouth of the Canyon and, and then a little beyond. Um, but Jared, it was so funny after the, I think the first day, even he was like, you know, how, ridiculous we probably looked. And like, if somebody was just viewing that from an aerial perspective and could hear us would just think what is going on with this group of people right now. So it would be me like untangling somebody's line or rigging somebody back up. And then I'd be like, Jarrett, can you do this? I mom's got a fish on right now here. And then he's like, what do I, what am I doing here with this rod or whatever? You just like tossing the rod. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm running to get a net and I'm like, okay, mom's got a fish on. Mom's got a fish on mom. Let it run. Let it run. Let it run. Dad's got a fish on Jared. Go net that. Go net that. Put that rod down. Oh my gosh. Addie just fell on the rock. Uh, Addie's the dog. Is she okay? Uh, yeah, she's fine. Okay. Oh my gosh. It was like so chaotic. Um, but so fun. And I feel like that's why it was just like my dad put it, it was complete. Oh, what's the word he used? Well, anyways, complete chaos. Uh, and 
Yeah, it was just a riot. And it's so special to be able to fish with my parents like that and have such a blast together doing it because you don't get that everywhere you go, you know? Well, and so, it's also rare because I feel like there, there are definitely times where you're in a group and everyone's catching fish that frequently, but they're usually small. Because when I think of places that you catch just like fish every cast, um, mm-hmm. it's usually like high mountain stream, you're catching right. 10 inch brook trout or smaller. And so mm-hmm. it's not really chaotic. It's just when you all get together again after, you know, an hour fishing, you're like, oh yeah, I caught 10, I caught 12, right. you know, cause you're and, netting your own fish. Right. It's not, it's not chaotic. It's just busy. You know, you've, right. you've got a lot going on. And this was a different situation because the fish really do require multiple people. And I was, you know, I was yes. getting sick of netting to the point where, uh, Mike would say he has a fish on and I'd let my drift finish out and I would get a fish on. I'm like, oh good, I don't have to run a net because <laughs> now I'm, I'm no longer obligated to help him net because I also have a fish on. So it's yes. just, let's see who can get their fish to their own net first and then they can be on <laughs> net duty. But yeah. there were times where I was like, please don't hook a fish right now because I'm busy. You know, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got a tangle or something. I just want to get this, you know, undone and start fishing again. And I really don't want to have to run down there with a net. Um, and it, would, it was always really nice too when he'd be like, oh, it's a, you know, it's not that big. And not that I big, know. it's like 16 or 17 inches. Like not that big, I can handle it. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't want to have to go down there. <laughs> well, same same type of thing. Uh, when Jarrett first started catching fish there, because he had never been there and I wanted him to have, to have this great experience, I would like drop everything immediately, run to him, get my net ready, um, be like, what rock do you think I should stand on? Which, what's best for you here? And then slowly over time the urgency just started dissipating and I was like absolutely yeah he's fine we've gotten enough fish photos so we're good (laughs) yeah we had the exact same experience so like I said when we when we got down in there I I landed one pretty early on it was it was slow at first so I guess let's move into because your second day was basically like a carbon copy of your first day it sounds like just amazing fishing um so now we're on to day three where we you guys are now floating which we can yes. come back to, but um, now Mike and I are following your instructions, and it was so what we what we had going for us in the lack of crowds, we didn't have going for us in the fishing early on. Like from we probably got there at eight or so, and mm-hmm. up until about ten thirty, it was pretty slow. Uh, like I said, we fished the meadow; it wasn't that it wasn't good at all. We got to the canyon, and I could see them in there, and I was like, "Oh right. my god, there there's so many, and they're so huge." But they just didn't want anything, and I finally uh, landed one, and I think I landed another one not long after that, but then it was kind of dead again. Like, it just was, mm-hmm. the fish were it huge, but so, it was kind of slow. So, so. Right. Yeah, and again, this is one of those things where if this happened on any average day in Colorado, I'd still be thrilled, but because you guys had said that it was, like, nonstop, I was like, huh, yeah, it's, it's a little Wonder bit what's slow. different today. Yeah, I'm catching a fish every- Or what am I every, doing differently? Yeah. Yeah, I'm catching a fish every 30 or 45 minutes, not- what sounded like every 10 minutes. But then it started to pick up around 11 to 1130. And I had maybe landed like four at this point. And Mike had not, he, I think maybe he had hooked one and I was starting to get stressed. And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to fish anymore until you land one because I'm going to feel really bad if I come back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, Mel, it was as good as you said. Mike didn't catch anything though. (laughs) So so I was like, I'm going to be a terrible person if Mike doesn't catch a fish. So he would have left you there. He would have just gone back to Colorado. I know. Well, I was like, he can't have a bad second trip here. Like he has to catch a fish. So when he did finally hook one, I like threw all my stuff and like got out in the water and I was 
play-by-play telling him exactly what to do. I was like, turn your rod to the right. Rillin, let it run. Turn your rod to the left. Like, steer it this way. <laughs> steer it on this rock. It's a, it's coming close to a rock, so steer it away over this way. I was just, like, barking orders at him, being mm-hmm. like, you have to get this fish in or <laughs> or else. Um <laughs> So he finally got that into the net. And then I, I had this like wave of relief wash over me. And then he was like, I think this is the biggest trout I've ever caught. And I was like, <gasps> hallelujah. Because oh. now I know even if you only catch this one fish and I catch 10, it's your biggest fish. So it's still going to be like super thrilling for you. Yeah, um, that's a big memory. Right but I there. think I think once he did that, it like broke the seal. And then suddenly it wasn't, I mean, the, the next time we went with you guys, I feel like he was fully competent. Like he was just catching catching fish right. you know, as frequently as anybody else. But for that first day, he was still kind of warming up. But I, I didn't have that pressure anymore. And I was yeah. like, okay, I mean, you're not catching a ton, but you are catching some and they're all huge. So the pressure's off. You're having a good time. Um, but I was still netting pretty intently. And by the next yeah. day when we went with all of us together, when he yeah. had a fish on, I was like, all right, well, have fun netting it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my eyes on my dry fly over here. Right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, there comes a point where you don't need any more pictures. I mean, right. the trout kind of all look the same. They're all massive, but I mean, it's. It, I mean, I hate to say it, but you can only catch so many twenty-inch rainbows before you're like these all look the same. And taking more photos doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's true. Um. It is for sure. We definitely wanted to grab some pics of the ones that are like the super dark color. Yeah. Or have like a hook jaw or. Yeah. Something unique about them. But if it's just your, I don't want to say standard because once again, these fish are huge, but you're kind of like silvery rainbow. It's like, okay, if this one flops out of my hands, no biggie. I actually, I looked back on our photos and cause we compiled my mom's and my dad's and mine, Jarrett always left his in the car. Cause the first day he got it wet and he's like, I'm not risking it. <laughs> um, cause he always, fl- cause he always floods his waders, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, I caught a ton of fish this trip, but this is one of those trips. I only have maybe three really good pictures of me with really nice fish. And, which is totally fine, but I was just surprised that I didn't feel that need to get a lot of pictures of myself with fish. Cause I'm like, for, for me, it was more important to get pictures of my mom and dad with their fish and, and even Jarrett, cause he had never been there, but I'm like, it's really not a big deal. Like I'm just having a blast and on, and I will sincerely say there was a point where I was like, I don't really care if I'm fishing right now. Like, I just want to watch my parents like, and their smile, the smiles on their faces. It was so cool. So, um, yeah. So I, but okay, let's touch on, uh, species really quick. Yes. I was about to bring that up and ask if anyone in your group caught anything other than a rainbow. Not a thing. Well, and I almost um, grand slammed. So I don't know what you guys yes. are doing wrong. What? <laughs> You're the janitor. You're like the head janitor. <laughs> I just, I should have just left you guys and gone off to some small stream to get a brook trout so I could get my grand slam. Because I know. I guess we skipped the first night, but when we showed up, you guys were not at camp. And so I was like, well, we're just going to fish out of camp because historically that's been a pretty good run and it's kind of limited. It's not, I mean, I've, I've never walked more than maybe a hundred yards up or downstream from camp, but it's a great place if you're, you know, just sitting around and, you know, and pull you your know exactly out and go. where to put your flies in there. Yes. Cause historically it's like they're right There's there, one spot. Right yeah. There. So mm. I walk out and it's not good. I mean, I, I did what we've done in the past and maybe not good is 
is an excuse for myself because I just did what it, we, I would have always done there. So if that wasn't the right thing to do this time, then I was probably just messing something up. But neither Mike nor I was catching anything. Um, and, but again, you guys were just, you you weren't there yet. So I was like, well, we're either going to fish and not catch anything or we're going to go sit in our chairs in the campsite. So and not well catch keep, anything. Right, and not catch anything. <laughs> so let's just, you know, keep exploring, keep changing flies or whatever. And I moved up into like the really fast, shallow water, which is not my first choice of, of place to go there. But um, right. that's where Mike started. And I started lower down. And then I was like, well, we're not do- we're not catching anything. I found out Mike was using a dry fly, which I should have I should have monitored what he was putting on because I would not. He's like, I can't see it. I was like, well, you're fishing water. It's like <laughs> you can't even stand up in because it's moving so fast. Um, you're probably not going to be able to see it. <laughs> So he's like, you okay, mean like, you can't see your indicator or what? <laughs> like I could barely see my indicator and he was trying right. to fish a dry fly. And I was uh, like, I was like, oh, well you should put something else on. Uh, but let's switch, let's switch spots with each other in case, you know, we're using different things. Maybe we'll, we'll, our luck will turn around. So he goes back to shore to take his dry fly off and put something else on. And I go up into the ripples and, you know, within five minutes of being up there, I left my indicator just dragging in the current downstream while I did something. Like, I think I was trying to maybe take some steps forward and just had my line out. And I feel like this is the theme of Wyoming. Every time I go, I feel like I catch at least three or four fish while my line is just dragging in the water downstream of me while I do something. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I go to pull my line back up and there's a fish on it and it's a cutthroat. And I've never seen a cutthroat in that river. Um, I don't think I've ever caught a cutthroat in Wyoming. And so I actually don't know what kind it was. I didn't know they were in there. Yeah. I thought it was just a brown and rainbow fishery. Um, I did too. I even wondered if it was a cut bow, but I looked back at the pictures and it does not, it looks very straight cutthroat. You can very, very clearly see the the slash and it has this, the spotting of a cutthroat. There's no rainbow anywhere. That's awesome. Um, And it was a decent size. It was probably 15 or 16 inches. So I was shocked. I should go try to find out what, what species of cutthroat they even have there. Yeah. I'd be curious. Yeah. Um, So that was exciting. The listeners want to know. The listeners demand the information. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the listeners have already tuned out at this point <laughs> we're on like day they're three. like these girls are crazy how many beers in are they you know it's right. probably almost time to open my second let me hear that amazing sound of that fresh beer cracking Ooh, yeah oh, i should correct you it's not a beer it's a kirkland that hard looks seltzer. Like a seltzer yeah it it's got that little skinny can <laughs> but i'm actually not done with the first one so that crack will just be <laughs> It'll be good. Like, that was minutes. just for the audio, <laughs> the audio effect. Well, I'm all. almost done with this one, but, um, so yeah, I had that cut. That was the first fish I caught. Then all like mostly rainbows after that, um, as is the standard, but I have caught Browns in the Canyon before and I caught, I think two on this trip and both were That's really so cool, really pretty, but as they have historically been, they're always smaller than the rainbows. I've never yeah. caught a Brown that's of, of the same like caliber as all the rainbows oh, in yeah. there. Um, and these That's were both a great point. Yeah, these were both probably again great, great fish, like sixteen inches probably, but not the same level as the like twenty plus inch rainbows that were kind of the average Just size. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I was uh, I was doing great on the species. I don't know what you guys were doing, but I should have gone <laughs> and found a brook trout for myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and all those beaver ponds out in Wyoming. <laughs> oh yeah, all the well, uh, what's what CFS is this beaver pond at right now? <laughs> I will say when uh, I told my mom that you were catching, well, that you caught a cutthroat initially, and then 
that you were catching browns in the canyon, she, I think, was like, well, why aren't we? Like, <laughs> I, she... She kind of subtly hinted at, it'd be really fun to catch a different species, huh? <laughs> so, Mel, if you could just, like, get us on some different species. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's throw a streamer on, which is not my forte, but... <laughs> you know, I think I could... I think you actually may have been able to uh, satisfy that desire because I could... I think I could see which ones were browns because they were small and they had a slightly different color. And mm. this was sight fishing. And I remember one of the browns I caught, I'm pretty sure I saw it and was like, that that looks like a brown you know it looks like a brown and it's smaller and that's kind of what I gathered from the previous brown and just previous trips there did you catch either of your browns on dries no I didn't end up catching anything on a dry but oh you didn't no it was a dropper it was all on the dropper so we're kind of all just jumping around at this point it doesn't really matter what order things happened in I mean we're just telling stories but yeah the trip there the day that we all went so the next day after Mike and I went down to the canyon we all went down to the canyon together. This was our one full day to fish Last together. Last day together, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mike and I went farther in just because you were kind of hanging back with your parents near the mouth because they were a little bit more limited in where they could go. And But but you came down to visit us at one point, and I was like, hey, I switched to a dry because um, I've seen a handful of rises, and honestly, I, like I've caught enough fish that if I don't catch any more fish today, it's fine. My shoulder actually was hurt for about... Uh, a week after oh, we got back. Oh, you poor thing. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. I was complaining Did to Mike. Did you get physical therapy or anything? Jeez. No, I should have. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, I, I think I just like, I don't know, overworked my shoulder fighting the fish. Uh, probably also battling the wind, like trying to cast that uh, yeah, heavy rig into the true. wind. Yeah. But so I was like, honestly, my shoulder hurts. Um, my arm's tired. I've caught enough fish. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't catch another fish, I'm fine. And I see rises. So, like, if I could catch one of these on a dry fly, that'd be awesome. So, I, you know, Mike was catching fish after fish while I was catching nothing. But I was still, like, I'm st- I'm going to stick with it. Uh, but I'm going to put a dropper on because I don't want to turn down fish that's willing to eat. Um, but I saw enough rising that I thought maybe one would come to the surface. And when you came down, I had that dry dropper on. And I was targeting that one fish that was right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to catch this one. And you're like, okay, I'll hang around and, like, watch. And that fish took my dropper like five or six times while you yes, stood there and watched me. And I was, I missed all of them. And I was getting so self-conscious. I was like, Mel thinks I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. Um, this is just embarrassing. Mike's catching fish left and right next to me while I play w- around with this stupid rig that's not working. And I can't hook the fish on the <laughs> dropper, even though I was hooking them on the indicator rig. Then I finally decided to check my fly and it was missing the the hook. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Wait, you thought then you forgot that I, that's why I was missing it? <laughs> no, you told me that later. Um, because remember, my mom was f- fishing with a fly that didn't have a hook either. And so I when, don't know when you it broke came off. back, yeah, when you came back and you told me that, I was like, no way. I I actually checked my mom's fly and who knows how long she was fishing with this fly without a yeah. hook. <laughs> well, because when you get like a, a tangle or something, it, you tend to see it even out of the corner of your eye when you're casting. You're like, oh, that one didn't look right. Like I should check my rig and make sure that it's not like wrapped up on itself or something. You've got some sort of inkling that it's not it's not sitting how it should. There's nothing that alerts you to the fact that your hook just broke. Um and yeah. I think this was a fly I got at the shop there. So I wonder if your mom's was too. Ooh, questionable, questionable quality. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And for so, how much they charge. My gosh. I, well, I was so happy when I saw that though. Cause I was like, it's not me. 
It's, and it's you probably like, wanted to run right down the canyon and go, Mel, 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 look, I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> it actually was like my initial urge was I, was I was like, Mel has to know that it wasn't me, but I need to catch this fish first. So I changed the fly out, caught the fish, and then came up and saw you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you were like, oh, did you ever get that one? I was like, I did. And curiously, I know why I hadn't when you were standing there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How many times do you think we actually fish without knowing it with a fly that doesn't have a hook hopefully not oh, often i mean it's a great excuse uh, though it for, is yeah i didn't, catch that fly fish didn't have a hook uh, all day all day <laughs> all day <laughs> that's why i missed all this fish uh one thing i wanted to touch on was that um so before this trip we had kind of decided that we were going to try to do a trout dinner one night and I looked at the, before we went, this is before we went and knew how good the fishing was, but I looked at, I looked at the regulations and I was like, it's a single fish limit, 20 inches plus. Good luck us. Like yeah. we're going we're, we're gonna to have a hard time getting enough to eat. Turns out we could have fed like 30 people. We could have fed plus. the army. Yeah. <laughs> but when you guys came back the first day, I was like, how come you don't have a fish? Like, it sounds like you caught a bunch of really big fish. So where's our dinner? And you're like, well, we just didn't like really feel like keeping any. And I was like, I was still in this mindset of maybe it's not as good as they are hyping it up to be. You know, it right. sounds so great. So we have but... to do trout dinner tonight. If you caught fish today, we got to do it tonight. <laughs> yeah. So I, in my mind, I was like, why didn't you keep any? And you're like, well, it just wasn't convenient. And I was like, well, convenient. I mean, we're trying to have this dinner. But then when Mike and I were down in the canyon by ourselves, I was like, I totally see why they didn't bring a fish back. Uh, this fish would be riding in the sun all day while, like, you're not you're not going to walk back to the car that takes probably about a half hour walk back, even from the mouth of the canyon, let alone when we were a mile in, it took us four hours to walk back to the mouth. And then the half hour up to the car, uh, that fish would have fried itself in the sun on the way back. And I don't know about, well, I do know about you because I know you're very similar, but we don't often keep fish. And so this is one of those instances where it's kind of a tradition um, to cook a fish over the fire um, in Wyoming when, whenever we do a trip there. And so I also had a little bit of um, hesitancy even walking a fish next to a bunch of people walking yeah. back to the car. I was thinking that too. I don't want to yeah. walk past with a massive fish and have people be like giving me a side eye or whatever. Um, not not happy that I'm bringing one back. And my response or in my mind would have been there's there's not a shortage of these. Like trust right. me. <laughs> um, but the people who would have seen you would be the people in the meadow. And for them who it aren't would catching like, anything. <laughs> yes. And we did actually pass someone in the meadow on the way out who was like, oh, how was it down there? And we're like, oh, you know, it was pretty amazing. And I was like, how, how's, how's it going up here? And he's like, it's been hit or miss all day. And I'm like, oh, well, that's more shame. like miss. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been wanting to yeah, have a giant trout hanging down at my side, walking past these right. people who in their mind, it's, it's, there's not enough fish to take, you know, you shouldn't that's be the keeping one them fish there. that they're going to go catch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it turned out that it was not, it was the, uh, the bag limits were unexpectedly lenient for, right. uh, yeah. for that area. So in our mind, we were like, well, let's go up to below the dam because the bag limits changed up there to three trout per person per day. And only one of them could be over 16. So we're like, okay, the, the first one you catch will always be legal because it could be either over or under 16. Over or under. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess we had fished there before a couple of years ago. And I remember catching fish, but I don't remember much about how big they were. Uh, I just remember that there were some fish. And so when I read that 
the bag limits were such that you can keep three and only one can be over 16. In my mind, they were going to be smaller up there because I was like, well, if they're also that plentiful and all, you know, 18 to 20 plus, then the bag limit would kind of reflect that by being similar to the the one 20 inch fish that you can keep down in the canyon. Um, sure. That didn't, yeah. that didn't turn out to be the case at all. Mm-hmm. I know. And, and the other thing I couldn't really remember Um, but I kind of had a vague recollection is that there really wasn't a lot of fishable space there either. And there really isn't. There isn't. It's like two runs. uh, For for a, well, not for a fly fisherman, for a fly fisherman with a floating line and fishing the way we were, there's not a lot of fishable water. If you had a different setup or, or or preferably a spin rod. Yeah. Cause then it gets really deep and slow. Like you need to be getting down deep. I feel like for some of those fish, but Mm -hmm. we're the way we were fishing with the same, the same setups that we had down in the Canyon, there were maybe two spots to fish that were Mm -hmm. worth it, but they had fish. They definitely did. (laughs) So should we talk about how we fed the family or what? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean the below the dam, it's kind of a, kind of a hike down in there. Um, but yeah. once you get in, it's, there's enough room for a handful of people. And again, I thought we were going to be catching, and we had done, Mike and I had done a scouting trip there the previous day and we're like, oh yeah, we caught some fish and they were nice. Yeah. Um, but I think the fish that we caught when we went down, all of us were bigger. Um, right. So we were ending our day and cause we had that phenomenal day in the Canyon and we were like, this is our one shot. My parents went back to camp getting the fire ready to cook these fish that we were saying we were going to come it's back. It's all on with. the kids' so the shoulders. Pressure is on. The pressure is on. Yeah. And yeah, they're starting the fire for the fish that <laughs> they assume we're bringing home. And we're, and we're going to a new spot that they haven't been. So they're just, they're just trusting us that it's going to work yeah. out. Yeah. And I couldn't really remember. I was going based off of um, your, your experience there the day before, which you said you got rained out, right? Yeah. We, we caught one fish and left. I think yeah. because it, the a storm was rolling in. Yeah. So we didn't really know <laughs> um, what we were getting into and we could have definitely been overconfident for sure. Um, but I can't remember. Oh, how did it start where we were, we started making it into like the commentary of a race like oh katie gets over the boulder oh she's in the lead she's in the lead folks because oh, we i, I feel we're like all we just had like that running urgency. down in there we had that urgency like somebody i want to get to that spot first because i want to catch the fish that we're going to eat <laughs> well and everyone's limited in speed because you're scrambling over boulders the whole time so everyone's taking kind of a different route you know everyone sees the route that they want to take over the rocks and so it's kind of fun to see whose route actually went well because sometimes someone would get kind of like bouldered out and they couldn't go that way so they'd have to go back yeah. and and so someone would be in the lead and then they'd get stuck and then someone else would kind of go running past. And so, yeah, we were just like giving race commentary to get down there. And there's only there's only like two real runs. So it's like the first two finishers are going to get to fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and whoever's last. Which was you. You were the first finisher, weren't you? Because you started fishing. Fin- I started fishing and I think you were the second finisher and ran up to the upper hole. And mm-hmm. by the t- I think by the time... Mike and Jarrett started fishing. We already had two fish and we're like, okay, that's we, don't right. need, we don't need any more. <laughs> yep. That's exactly. Cause I remember you hooked into one and I was like, sweet, keep it. We got dinner, at least one fish. And, yeah, and this is still when we're assuming that we're, we're like, okay, however big it is, you can keep it. So everyone keep their first fish and they'll all be legal um, mm-hmm. by default. And basically depending on how big the first 
handful of fish are. We'll decide how many more we want to try for. Like, and it, and we're still thinking because the bag limit is referring to things like sixteen inches that the fish are probably going to be around sixteen inches. You know, yeah, plus maybe or minus. Like fourteen to sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So I get a fish on. I don't really know anything about it yet. I'm just like we'll bring it in we'll keep it and then everyone else start fishing too like everyone get their lines in the water we need fish and uh i think before i got that one you had one on too up in the upper hole and i think yours was like i think we measured it 21 and mine was i think a slightly smaller probably 20 and that was it that's all we needed (laughs) we were like sweet the ladies feed the family all right we're done so we're over on shore uh with our Raynaud's hands, just free. Like, I was freezing at this point. I uh, I was yeah. so done reaching in that cold water, and we let the boys fish for a little bit. You know, gotta. I know. Yeah, gotta give them that. that. <laughs> give them <Yeah>. something. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was like, I'm done. You know, my hands are freezing. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not yeah. gonna keep anything else. Got what we came here for. <laughs> and I was still thinking at this point that I guess I don't often keep fish that large, so I don't really know how many people they feed. But in my mind, we were gonna run out of trout. And then have sides and stuff. Turned out two 20-inch fish. Will feed six people easily. Easily. And I was like full before we could. I, I was I was forcing more because I was like, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to throw Same. it away. Same. But I, like, I really don't need any more. Um, so that was that was kind of a, a an interesting experience because most of the fish I keep are fairly small because I usually keep or catch fairly small fish in Colorado. So it's usually like, oh, we've kept a handful of you know, 10 inch fish. We had an appetizer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I also wasn't really sure how to cook them because again, I've, I haven't had to cook a fish that large over a fire. Most of my fish are so small that they're cooked in a couple minutes. And I was like, I don't want to burn these, but I, I feel like this might take a while to actually cook through. And it did. Right. And I'd rather have it a little on the overdone side rather than, um, trout isn't my favorite fish to eat, but you can't go wrong with having a fresh trout that was caught an hour ago. Yeah, I mean, I I think other tr- other fish often taste better, but a fish that you caught that you cooked over the fire tastes good just in in what you know in what it is. Exactly. Yeah, it's a real it's a that was a pretty cool experience for sure. So, um, did you want me to go into our floating day at all? Oh yeah, I think that would be, I mean, this is kind of in the middle of the trip, but I think that would be a good way to wrap up because we've covered covered most of the rest just of the trip. Just rewind one day. <laughs> I mean, just, everyone listening is very hung up on what order this all happened in. So. I know. <laughs> no, yeah, more so they're me, like, tell me where these fish are. <laughs> more so they're like, I already know where these fish are because this isn't a particularly hidden area, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, tell me about your guided trip because that was the, I mean, we honestly didn't do a lot of fishing together. No, and I was bummed about that. But, um, you know, I just, I feel like we have to have different expectations. Like I love the trips when it's just you and I, because we're just, we're always with an earshot of each other and we're we're just having a blast, just you and I, but, uh, but I'm so glad you guys came and, and you guys had a great time and, um, we got to hang out, you know, at camp at night together. Yeah. It was still fine. Yeah. But like, I looked back, I was like, oh, we only actually fished together one day. I know, like and four. even then, we didn't really, I came to visit you in the canyon, and that was about and, it. And, you're, and you left being like, well, she doesn't know how to fish, so I guess we're, <laughs> guess we're not going to hang out anymore, because she can't have this fish. friends, man? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah the, day, so, the day that we were in the canyon, you guys went on a, on a guided trip. Yeah, and we had planned that far in advance because of our experience uh, years ago, And so it was just kind of a done deal. We were going to do it. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So 
I know I had asked you if you wanted to join and, um, I, I definitely get your decision not to, um, because I even have a hard time forking out the cost for something like that. Well, honestly, um, I would have cheap. I would have if I had known Mike was coming because he didn't know until like a week before we went that he was even coming. Oh, that's true. So I was yeah. like, I'm not paying for a boat by myself while you guys all split boats. But if I had known he was coming, I would have split a boat with him. It wouldn't have been that bad. But I mean, looking back after hearing about your trip, um, I'm really, really, really glad that we went in the Canyon that day. I am too um, glad that you guys did. And because you only had two full days of fishing, right? Two full days. And then the last day was supposed to be a half day. And we didn't really fish because the weather was the weather. awful. Oh, and the first yes. day, I mean, we fished by camp. I caught that one one fish oh, out of camp. Oh, that's right. So it was like two and a half days. But yeah, two two full days. Yeah. So um, we went through the same guide service that we had gone through in the past. And um, they're great people, great couple that owns it. Um, really good guides. We, I tried to request the guides that we had before, but both of them had moved on um, and weren't working for this place anymore. So uh, we, you know, the lady ended up just saying, I'm going to hand, I'm going to hand select you guys a couple of guides. And she may say that to everyone, but I feel like when it's a fly shop owned by two people, like a couple, yeah, that they are hand, hand selecting. It's not like you have a random, random guide generator online that right. chooses guides like, for Let's people. do the spin wheel. Okay, they get uh, Joey, and then they get Frank. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, you know, I had told them we were interested in fishing the same spot, the same stretch that we had fished in the past. Um, and she said, great, I'll put you down for it. And this is when I booked months and months in advance. And then she said, I will call you uh, about a week prior to your trip and kind of confirm and let you guys know if that's still the best area that we would suggest um, the best stretch. So I got her a call from her about a week prior. And she said, if I can convince you guys um, I'd like to have you try a different stretch. And this would be the stretch of the river in town. Um, just because it has been fishing a lot more consistently. Um, and I just think overall, you'll have a better, a better time there. Um, and I said, yeah, hundred percent. Cause you know, when you're paying a guide service, you're partially paying for their expertise in where are you going to have the best day? So I figured, yeah, let's go for it. Anything, you know, if they say the spot that if I was to say, no, I definitely want to go back to the spot that we did before and then we caught zero fish it would be on me <laughs> right and the only reason you liked that spot was because it was good so oh my gosh yeah you know if they're saying and, it's not good then <laughs> that's that right and I guess I didn't really realize that for me I guess my parents they didn't uh care so much that we were in a less scenic place but I thought the scenery was a big deal to me when I, after I went on this trip and I compared the two, um, because it was a, it was a fun. Okay. So let's say this first, it was a really fun day. Amazing. If, if you went there and that was your only day to fish the float trip that we had this, this year was incredible. Um, it I would have walked that you away. Would fish the Canyon the day before mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. skewed your opinion, which is what Wyoming always does to Colorado for me. Every time I go to Wyoming, I come back to Colorado and I'm like, none of this compares to that 
level of fishing. And so, I mean, you should have, you should have floated the first day you were there. I know, I know because we all caught fish numbers. I don't know, maybe like 10 ish for me, maybe 10 ish for Jarrett, maybe a little less for my parents, but we still had a great time. Um, our guides were super fun. They were both very different and we actually switched boats, uh, halfway through. So Jarrett and I went in the other boat at lunch and then vice versa. Yeah. Um, you saying you caught like 10 fish each again, like you said on any other day, that would be incredible. Like regardless of how big they are, you know? Yes. And I hooked a lot more. Um, I think all of us hooked into a lot that got off, but yeah. So again, a great day of fishing, but I think, you know, I went into that trip and I even told this to my dad. I said, dad, I have to go into today not thinking about how much I'm paying because then every moment you're thinking, is this worth $500? Well, is this worth $500? You know? And to me, that's like a lot of, that's a lot of money. (laughs) So, um, so you don't want to, you don't want to categorize memories of your float day into, is it, is this dollar that money or not? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we left the trip and, and again, we had a great day, but the two days prior, I would say were phenomenal. And then our float day was great. And so, and so we all got back to camp and I think it was that unspoken thing between all of us. Uh, Jarrett had a blast because he had never floated there before. Um, and he had never fished in Wyoming before. So every day to him, everything's was new. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think between my parents and I, it was that unspoken idea of, well, we don't want to say that we were even slightly disappointed because of how much we paid for this day. And because we, you know, we used up one of our days with this float trip. Um, and so it sort of came about where we were, I think my mom eventually mentioned it and said, so what would you, you know, how would you compare that to the last time we floated, you know, just subtly trying to see what I would say about it. And I said, you know, I, the scenery didn't really do it for me. Like we were going through town. We were, there was trash sometimes on the side of the river, or we were going next to people's retaining walls or whatnot. And she goes, oh, okay. She goes, it wasn't so much the scenery for me, but, um, but the fishing, uh, I just thought last time we did it. And my dad kind of piped in then too and said, yeah, I just. Um, I was getting, he was getting a little frustrated cause he was getting, uh, differing advice from the two guides. One guide would say you're, you're setting too hard. And then the other, or maybe it was the same guide was saying, no, you're not setting hard enough. And he was kind of getting frustrated with that. And the fishing wasn't as amazing as it was in the past. And then I said, listen, if you would have only had that one day and we didn't have the Canyon days to compare to, you or would have previous been float or any, like, exactly. if you just randomly went on this trip, it would be, you would feel like the trip of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. But you have these expectations already in your head and, and those, and it's natural. You can't get them out of your head because, uh, um, you can't just like decide you know, to forget them. I mean, yeah. So all in all, I will say we had a blast. Um, but my, I think my dad's, um, mentality of every time we go to Wyoming, we must get a drift boat and hire guides. Yeah, Maybe that's changed. good. Maybe that's good for yeah. you because I feel like if you, I don't like being locked into anything. Uh, mm-hmm. 
sometimes I feel this way about when we go to Wyoming anyway because we always go to the same couple spots because they're always good. But sometimes I almost want to show up at the canyon or the meadow or whatever and just have it be trash. And then I'm like, you know what? I need to go find a new spot. Like I need to go explore and see something new. But every time I show up, it's good. And so I don't leave. And so it's like I just fish the canyon every day or, or wherever, the meadow or wherever. And then I'm like, I've only ever fished a couple, a handful of spots <laughs> there because I've never needed to leave. But, you know, maybe this is kind of your uh, liberation from always feeling like you're required to book a guided trip. And maybe next time you can you can talk to them and be like, hey, wh- how many fish are you catching? What size fish are you catching? Where is good floating right now? And if they're like, oh, actually, this super scenic section is fishing really well and people are catching lots of big fish, you can. But if they're like, right. oh, actually, the best spot right now is in town and the numbers are good. You're like, okay, well, that's kind of what we got this time, and that didn't really do it for us because we really want I'm, – I'm the same as you. Uh, the scenery would matter a lot to me. I could not catch that many fish on a guided trip, but if I got a beautiful float uh, with great scenery, I'd be pretty yeah. content. Because um, that's, a, that's a big part of it. My dad was saying, well, I was too busy watching my indicator and whatnot, but uh, I was, you know, I was trying to enjoy the view. And, like, last trip we did, we were seeing owls in these little – holes up in the rocks and pelicans and, you know, all sorts of cool stuff um, that this time I just feel like we lacked a bit. And you can, and you could hear like highway noise right next to you. You can see Walmart as you're going down the river and, yeah, you know. <laughs> I could see that, that would turn it out. I, I would rather catch fewer fish, but get the better scenery. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say the, the, the size of the fish were significantly smaller, which again is very relative when you're there, um, fishing this river, probably great fish for anywhere else. mm -hmm. But the, but the fact that we had those two days prior and catching those 20 plus inch rainbows, um, it was kind of just like, those were nice. Okay. Fish, (laughs) but, um, you know, overall it was, it was just, a different experience for the overall trip, which, which is cool. And again, I, I definitely don't want to look back and have regrets about hiring guides, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. I've, I've never been on a guided trip. Oh, you haven't? Nope. Oh, okay. You know, and not, not as a client say, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny too, because I told Jarrett, uh, while we were driving there, um, I said, I don't really want to make it well known to our guides that I used to guide because I always, you can always, always, always learn anything. You can always learn from somebody else in any, in any aspect of life, whether you're a professional or otherwise. And so I said, I don't really like them to know because, I want to learn as much as I can from these guys. And I feel like maybe they wouldn't tell me as much if they knew that. And he goes, well, I would not warn me about that, but tell your dad. Cause your dad loves to brag about you. <laughs> That's true. I can definitely see your dad. Being yeah. Like, you see that little lady over there. That's my daughter. And she was a guide. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's pretty much exactly what he did. Cause I didn't stop him. I was like, you know what? That's a huge talking point for my dad. And sure enough, we were floating by my parents' boat at one point and he goes, see, that's her right there. And, oh, and then my mom said, he's telling the fly fishing story again of how you got into it. And I'm like, oh gosh. And the guiding and all that. So, um, yeah, I definitely didn't want to take that away from my dad, but 
uh, to be able to talk about it. But, but I still did. I learned a lot uh, from these guides and, you know, I, I told them that too. I said, listen, I did guide before, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't rowing when I guided. Um, and that is something I, that Jarrett and I want to get into is get a raft eventually. Um, and so even just navigating the river in a boat and how different that is from waiting and then just little techniques, little things here and there, like they would say, Oh, try this. Well, you might already know this, but, and I said, no, 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 tell me, tell me, tell me. Cause I don't, you know, a lot of these things, it's new news to me. And right. Or like hyper-localized. I mean, we were experts at guiding the places that we went, but you know, I still go places and I'm like, I have no idea what to do here. You know, I mean, a river's a river to an extent. You're like, okay, I, I can read water. I can tell you where fish are probably hanging out. I can tell you probably how deep I need to set my nymphs or like what dry to put on based on the time of the year or whatever. But at the end of the day, I can walk up to some Joe Schmo who has never guided in his life. And because he's fished here his entire life, he's still going to outfish me because he knows what's going on in this particular location. So I, I could see guiding being relevant if you're like, you don't need to necessarily help me with my cast or whatever. You know, I can, I can get the fly out there just fine. But like once it's out there, like help me work it for this water. You know, it's it's not something I've done before in this spot. So like, yeah, give me your local knowledge for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did. I, I feel like that's one thing I made sure to tell myself is learn from this trip. Okay. Don't just go in and try to catch all these fish, but you're paying these guides to learn from them as well. And I did. And so I think that was worth it for sure. I think if I, I mean, I, I would like to go on a guided trip at some point. It just hasn't happened. I mean, around here, a lot of the places that I would be guided are not places I'm particularly interested in fishing. Looking mm-hmm. at you, South Platte River, Cheeseman Canyon, and Deckerson. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's, those are the places that I would need a guide. And I just don't particularly want to go there and pay a bunch yeah. of money. Um, so, so it <laughs> you want to go somewhere it's new, like new to you, completely new. Different I want to go somewhere that's new to me and that I don't already have a bad taste in my mouth. About. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, like I, like I would totally hire someone to uh, float me down the Colorado. Like that would be mm-hmm. something I would definitely do, but I don't really care to go to Deckers. Um, yeah. So, so that's why I haven't yet, but uh, I'm definitely not opposed to it. And I, I would like to go on a guided trip at some point. Uh, for like you said, I mean, I think it's also easy when you fish a lot to kind of always do the same thing. Like you find what works for you and you do that. And if it's not quite the best thing to do that day, you'll kind of manipulate it until it does work. And sometimes it's nice to pick someone else's brain who's like, have you ever thought about trying this? And it's like, well, no, because I'm not super comfortable with that technique or whatever and just give it a try. So I, I would definitely like to go out with some guides at some point on some on some river that I'm not familiar with and be like, just fill me with information, you know, exactly. tell, me, tell me everything I'm, I'm, I need to know. Yeah. That's definitely one of the things I've been thinking about. Um, as I want to expand my fly fishing knowledge is I want to branch out from my comfort zone because like you said, I, I definitely have my comfort zone. Um, anything that I haven't had major success with, or even things that I haven't tried such as um, Euronymphing or anything like that, it's intimidating and you have what works for you and you have this system that catches fish for you. So why veer from it? But at this point, I'm kind of like, you know, I don't have the best of luck with streamers because I haven't pro- really given them much of a chance because I love nymphing because I always catch fish. So 
I should try streamers a little bit more. <laughs> like, I don't know, just stuff like that, you know? Yeah, streamers are definitely, like, of the big three, if we're talking about, like, dries, nymphs, streamers, I'm definitely the least comfortable with streamers because it's not that relevant in a lot of places I fish because it's such small water that, right. you know, I'm I'm so used to throwing, like, a dry dropper all day long I can catch fish because that is that is definitely what's the most useful in the areas that I fish most often. And then just, you know, straight up dry flies or like an indicator nymph rig, also fairly relevant for around here. Um, and streamers, I feel like, are, are better on some of the larger rivers, which we just don't have a ton of around here um, without driving a little farther. And I'm usually looking close to home, like after work and stuff like that. So it I use them, but I'm definitely not as comfortable with them as some other techniques where I feel like I've got it down. There's almost like not much left to learn on some of these. Like, I mean, there's only so many ways you can fish a parachute atoms. You know, there's, right. there's not much left to learn. It's just <laughs> executing it. Whereas for streamers, I feel like there's a lot left for me to learn um, just because I haven't experienced all the situations that might arise at this point. So, yeah, I think I think what you have to do at some point is be like, okay, I've, I really have caught enough fish. If I go, I should just make myself go try a new technique. And if I don't catch anything, so what? Like I'll I've, still be happy. Yeah, yeah I've caught I'll plenty of fish. So, be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've kind of wanted to do that with um, like wet flies, like swinging wet flies. That's something I'd like oh. to try a little more. But the same things always happened where I've got some in my box and I'm always like, well, but I could throw on a nymph. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I get that. We could do like an accountability thing where like for the next month, we have to go fishing at least like five times each. And on those times, like you have to use whatever thing that you're working on and I have to use whatever thing I'm working on and like check back in afterward and be like, how Or just how was something it? different, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be the same thing, but it's like, did you tie your nymphs on differently this time? You know? Like, try, like tie, tying them on the tag ends instead tag, of uh, yeah. to the bend of the hook. Like, yeah, it'd be fun to almost like report back to each other. Like, here's the new technique I tried and here's what happened. And just compare, you know, compare notes. That'd be fun. Maybe, I like that maybe. idea. All right. Maybe we can do that this summer. Like pick a month and be like, we're only only using new techniques. Yeah. Um, Jarrett and I are going to Montana this weekend. However, uh, the goal was to hit the salmon fly hatch which I don't think, I think we're still a little early. I planned this trip a while back for his birthday celebration. And we rented this little A-frame cabin, um, on the river, but, uh, it was kind of looking at the historic dates of this certain river and when the salmon fly hatch was, um, because that's another one of my big goals is to, is to hit a salmon fly hatch, like in the heart of it, you know, Jarrett's never used those huge flies. I rarely have maybe on the Colorado river, um, once or twice, but, uh, other than that, it's been a long time. And so, uh, I thought that would be super fun for his birthday this year. And just with our low snowpack and everything. I thought we would have an early spring, but we recently, or we as in Idaho, Montana has gotten, um, a lot of precipitation and some snow higher up as well. So we talked to the owner of the A-frame yesterday and he said, it's pretty blown out. So bring your hot dogs for the campfire. Cause I asked him, oh, are the salmon flies coming off? And he's like, oh, bring your hot dogs. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang it. Um, but I, we're still going to try, and, but who knows? Uh, so yeah. So, I mean, definitely other times I'd love to, uh, do some different techniques and report back and I'll definitely have to, you know, watch some videos online or 
things like that to get ideas of just new little things to try or yeah. maybe if we can bounce stuff off each other too. Yeah, and I I know we were going to do bucket list trips too, but I think we're running short on time. So Yeah, I know. Can... This has been awesome. I know. I'm like we didn't need... I don't even need this. I'm going to put my sunglasses on and I'm not even going to look <laughs> Yeah, I know. Down I didn't look it. at my list at all. I think we covered everything. Um <laughs> And by running short on time, I mean, we didn't actually have a time limit, but we've been going for an hour 45 now, so. <gasps> we have? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. have. Jared, have you eaten? <laughs> I told him to wait for me. I was like, I'll be an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to head over to the website, fishuntamed.com, for all episodes and show notes. And also, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. That'll get my episodes delivered straight to your phone. And also, if you have not yet, please consider going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating or review. That's very helpful for me, and I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, other than that, thank you guys again for listening, and I will be back in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Like that joke? What did the fish say when it hit the wall? Damn!